the tradition of Advaita, non-duality, there are several approaches, several techniques. Yesterday we mentioned the practice of remaining as the witness, the attitude of the witness, the witnessing, Sakshi Bhavan. It is a very direct approach because the self, the presence within us, is the witness. And you can apply it in every circumstance of this life. Remain as the witness in any circumstance. So it's very, very much compatible with our busy daily life. Another approach that is also very compatible with our modern life is the Atma Vichara, the self-inquiry as taught by Bhagwan Ramana Maharshi. Actually, uh, a very ancient approach, but it has been developed in the 20th century by Bhagwan Ramana. Hmm? It is rooted in the in the scriptures. Hmm? Even Adi Shankaracharya mentioned this uh, approach in, in several texts. But it has been developed in our times. Why should we practice this self-inquiry? means the question, who am I, Koham? We practice this questioning to be free from suffering. And unless we come to recognize our true nature, there won't be any lasting happiness. Only when we discover our true self, we become free from suffering. This approach can be called the reverse path. Because we start with the identified I, the personal I. I am such or such. I am this person. And we operate a sort of regression until we discover the real source of this I, the real I, that is prior to the person. So it's really the reverse part. The question, who am I, is there only at the very beginning. It's not that you have to repeat for the rest of your life, who am I? It's not to be used like a mantra. It comes at the very beginning of the search. It's a technique, because in any circumstance of your life, you can ask yourself, who is the one who is fascinated by the, the objects of this world? Who is the one who is facing such or such problem? And so this questioning will bring you slowly, gradually, to your presence, to your spontaneous presence, which is prior to the person. 
how come that we feel we are this person? What has happened, actually? As I explained yesterday, the pure consciousness, should Chaitanya, once it is reflected through the mind, this reflection we call the Chit-Abhasa, the reflection of Chit, pure infinite consciousness. And by infinite, we should not imagine anything. It's not something, you know, cosmic or macroscopic. <coughs> infinite means that which has no limitation, the unlimited. It is not bound by time or space. It cannot be known by any separate entity, a separate subject. You can only be this unlimited, infinite consciousness. And you are that consciousness, but it is unnoticed. So this infinite consciousness, once it is reflected through the mind, it gives rise to a sense of subjectivity, a conscious subjectivity. And we mentioned that yesterday and before yesterday, that this is for a functional purpose. Otherwise, no knowledge can take place, the um, experiential knowledge the knowledge of uh, other objects. You cannot notice any object, any form, even your body, hmm? if there is not this um, conscious subjectivity. Hmm? Now, this conscious subjectivity, this center of subjectivity, is the very first contraction, the very first expression, but also contraction very subtle contraction of the infinite consciousness. And it <coughs> seems to give rise to a duality, because there is the subjectivity here, and then that which is observed, hmm, the objects. Hmm. So it seems there is a duality between subject and object, but it is not so. Eventually, we realize that there is only the seamless consciousness. And that this um, distinction between subject and object is only the, due to the mechanism of the mind. We have to make this distinction to accumulate uh, knowledge. So this very first subjectivity, conscious subjectivity, is called the aham vritti. It's not yet the concept of I, the word I. It is there in the child even before it says I. It's a feeling of subjectivity. Aham vritti, it's a modification that happens at the level of the mind. And this is the very first not, the not um, that is happening within consciousness. It means the granti. It is the association of that which is conscious with the insentient, that which is inert. And uh, even the Upanishads mention this not. This Upanishads um, mention the, the knots of the heart. 
Indraya Ganke. So this is the very first, not the very first contraction, very certain, very certain. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, this primordial um, hum, the primordial I, which is not associated with anything else, is also the threshold, the bridge towards the complete recognition of what we are. So this aham appears once the consciousness is reflected to the mind. So the, this aham, this first aham, characterizes this embodied consciousness, the reflected consciousness. Then this aham will associate itself with all sorts of attributes, hmm? other objects that are uh, seen. Hmm? That is what um, Bhagwan Ramana calls the idam, uh, this, whatever it is, and of course, first the body. Hmm? And uh, this idam happens also at the level of the mental consciousness. It's also another vritti, another modification within consciousness. So the aham vritti gets associated with the idam vritti and gives rise to the aham idam. I am this. It's an association that takes place again for a functional purpose. So once the aham idam takes place, we say that the consciousness is identified. The consciousness is uh, associated with that which is not conscious. The insentient, huh? the chada, insentient. That is also the uh, definition in Vedanta of the soul, the jiva. It is the association of the conscious or the consciousness, uh, chit, with the uh, insentient, the achit, and it's a sort of not. Uh, so jiva is also defined as chit, achit, granti. Mm? It is the self plus the contents of the mind. That is the soul, in, as defined by in the tradition of Vedanta. So this aham idam, I am this, I am this body, I am this mind, is the identified consciousness, associated consciousness, the personal consciousness. And we very much live at this level. It's a complete contraction of the pure consciousness. So the self-inquiry will bring us back to the conscious aspect or the essence of this aham. We go back to the pure aham, the aham that is attributeless, that is 
empty of any content. And we remain there. So by asking the question, who am I? Who is the one who is faced with such or such a problem? Who is the one who thinks? Uh, we point to this pure presence, this pure subjectivity within us. But once you are there, you don't have to ask the question, who am I? Because this question is asked by your intellect, the higher part of your mind, the buddhi, just as a, a facilitator to come down to your simple presence simple um, conscious subjectivity. After that, you don't have to think, you don't have to ask any question. You have to remain there as long as possible. How to remain there? This uh, technique is called the Akandakaha Vritti. Because this conscious subjectivity is already a modification in consciousness. It is very subtle, it's a very subtle contraction. It's a Vritti. But this vritti is the very first one and the last one. And by remaining there, you come to know sooner or later the source. And the source has no form, has no content. It's not limited by anything. It is not in time. It's beyond all the vrittis. So by remaining in this primordial vritti, the vritti of akanda, that which is not divisible, the indivisible, the unlimited, you somehow prepare yourself to recognize the unlimited, which is beyond this vritti. So akandaka vritti can be translated by the practice of the thought of limitlessness, the thought of the infinite, but it's still a thought. It's a skillful means, a skillful means. So by merging yourself in this um, pure aham, which is not um, associated with anything, you come to recognize the source of this aham, which is not located anywhere. The aham is very much located here in this body-mind, but the source is everywhere. It is unlimited. It is all-pervading. When you practice this um, abidance in the pure aham, you come to have some glimpses of this pure aham. That's how it's 
manifest in the, in the beginning, some glimpses. This is what Bhagwan Ramana calls the Aham Spuhana, the first radiance or the clear shining of your pure eye, till you abide effortlessly in this Aham. Bhagwan Ramana calls it also the Aham Aham, the eye-eye, the eye that is prior to the personal eye. It is your conscious presence prior to your personal presence. The personal presence appears in the background of this conscious presence. So this abidance in the pure aham is blissful, but it's not yet what we call the awakening. The atmagyan, the knowledge of the self, has not yet happened. But the source will be revealed to you very soon, if you can remain there effortlessly and naturally. It will be actually revealed to itself. Because when this Atmagyan or Atmabod happens, there is no one there remaining as a separate individual I. So the awakening doesn't happen to anyone. It is the consciousness that was associated with that which is unconscious or not, not conscious, um, regaining the consciousness of itself. It's consciousness becoming aware of itself. It is mentioned also in the Bhagavad Gita. The self reveals itself to itself by itself, to itself. So whether you practice the attitude of the witness, or you follow the path of self-inquiry, or you just abide in the feeling of I am, as per the teaching of Jagadatta Maharaj, you come to this uh, abidance in the pure eye. So, though there are very slight uh, differences between these approaches, they all are the same, because you come to the same place, that is the pure eye, and you have to remain there. You can Practice this uh, abidance even without qualifications. You know that in the tradition, uh, you have to prepare yourself. Uh, this is the sadhana, chatustaya, the, um, the preliminary uh, qualification. But you can even start this um, self-inquiry and this abidance uh, without any preliminary qualification. Uh, and just by the fact of practicing this, uh, it will slowly, gradually purify the mind. You will lose interest in the objects of the world, the outer world and the inner world of your mind, because you will discover this stillness within you, this silence, which is fullness. It is complete in itself. You don't require anything to feel happy. It is 
the happiness without any cause. It is a perfect joy, the perfect happiness that doesn't depend on anything. <coughs> so, by practicing the single vritti of uh, limitlessness, huh? or this I am, that is also a vritti, hmm? same vritti, hmm? you will destroy all other vrittis. Hmm? And so, this practice huh? somehow will purify the mind. It will uh, generate um, a detachment from the objects of the world. Hmm? On the other hand, you can also um, practice the detachment hmm? through right understanding. that any attachment is an invitation to suffer, <coughs> you will become more and more um, detached. Attachment means suffering. Desire means suffering. But the same energy that is in the desire has to be sublimated in the desire of the self, the true self, the desire of the divine. So this desire will bring you to the complete freedom from any other desire. This desire, this aspiration, will burn the forest of your desires. It will make you desireless. Are there any questions? You have to be vigilant. You have to be vigilant. If you remain with this um, awareness, this <clears throat> tendency of the mind to get attached, to get identified to things like relations, circumstances, will not happen. The attachment is mainly due to the past conditioning the tendencies, the unconscious tendencies of your mind. When you see clearly this mechanism of the mind, huh, you will not be prone to this um, attachment. It is the nature of the mind to um, be attached and to <coughs> desire things. It is the nature of the mind. So when you see this um, mechanism, hmm, this will decrease your, your desires. No. When there is no desire in a relation, hmm, the relation becomes very pure. That is a relation that is very much in the heart and less in the mind. Mm? 
you have no particular expectation. You don't project on the other. So you come closer and closer to the real love, the pure love, which has nothing to do with desire. With desire, there is no true love. Where there is true love, there is no desire. They don't know each other. Love is about oneness. It's from heart to heart. The pure, unidentified presence here, or consciousness, recognizes the pure presence, unidentified consciousness, in the so-called other. And so there is no otherness. It's only at the level of the mind that there, there are others. There is only the seamless, indivisible presence, conscious presence. Hmm? No other. An, ananya. Hmm? Anya, other. Ananya, no other. No otherness. Hmm? Love is a recognition of the oneness of life. Hmm? So in this true love, there is no preferences. This love is the foundation of everything. It is the source of everything. Mm 